execute order. 91.1 Yes, my lord. Hey everyone, this is Trey Atkins alongside Campbell Garbert, Jack Vesey, and Graham Copeland. Welcome to the Barners Before Bed Show, Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on Weagle 91.1 FM. Your home for late night Auburn athletic coverage from a fan's perspective each hump day. War Eagle. And hello, friends. You are looking live at episode 20 of Barners Before Bed. I'm Trey Atkins here, joined alongside Graham Copeland, Campbell Garber, and soon-to-be Jack Vesey. And last weekend, we'll start off with one of the best sporting events, in my opinion, in the entire world, the Final Four. A unique weekend that wraps up an entire season with four teams on a football dome with all the fan bases together, and probably one of the more unique Final Fours we've seen in our lifetime. No Blue Bloods, Spring Break Towns, and a lot of madness with a not get-your-popcorn-out type of championship, but a statement championship from the UConn Huskies to remind college basketball that they're still here and they are knocking on the door of Blue Blood. So, fellas, what a weekend we had. Let's start off with the FAU San Diego State game, an absolute classic. I was doing something Saturday afternoon, so I was on my March Madness app. But I'm happy that Jim Nance, as I gave him a tribute there to start, got a great game to call a buzzer beater, a comeback buzzer beater win for San Diego State. Y'all got the full TV experience, I believe. So what did y'all see from that game or anything else from Saturday? And feel free to talk about Monday as well. Um, It, it was awesome. That game, it was fun. Weird, I mean, weird Final Four matchup, you know, with uh, FAU a nine seed versus a five seed SDSU, you know, Conference USA versus the Mountain West. But I, I liked both those teams. They're both – San Diego State does not play the most fun style of basketball in terms of the way they like to slow it down and grind it out. But uh, FAU can shoot, and I feel for them. I mean, they, they had it in control for – seemed like so long – you know, in the game, I don't, I don't remember how much they were up at halftime, but they, uh, yeah, brutal. They definitely had a double-digit lead at one point. Graham, yeah. what do yeah. you have? Yeah, they were up eight at halftime. I think their largest lead of the game might have been like 14 points, which that was the story of SDSU's March Madness run is that they're just like the comeback team. But, yeah, absolutely heartbreaking for FAU. Um, I personally did not like the way SDSU played the game of basketball whatsoever, so I was really – Looking forward to them losing, um, but props to them. I mean, they, they're they like the definition of blue-collar basketball. Um, but overall, just awesome game, and um, I really do like how FAU plays. I was really hoping to see them in the championship, but it is what it is. Um, salute to SDSU for being a resilient team and, and finding a way each and every game pretty much. What was the SDSU's coach's name? Uh, Dusty... Was that the May? Dusty May. It was like uh, no. was it Dusty May. Was that Dusty? We sleep in May. No. It's, uh, I think his last name starts with a P. Okay, well, whatever his name was, he had a good quote. I think that may be Florida Atlantic's coach. No, I think Dusty May is Florida Atlantic's coach. Um, oh, Dutcher, Brian Dutcher. No, Brian Dutcher, Brian Dutcher. Um, yeah, he. I liked what he was saying um, afterwards, basically that 
you know, in the age of NIL and the age of the transfer portal, he's like, you, he's like, we don't need, he's like, we don't need all the money. We don't need all that. He's like, all we needed was, you know, a bunch of players that all bought in and like actually like wanted to win, believe they could. And like, honestly, like, I think that's, you know, that's coach speak a little bit, but it, the way, I mean, the way they played in March and the way they kind of composed themselves in all those games, like knocking off Bama, I, be, I mean, I believe it. Like they, he's a good coach. He's, they're they're buying into what he's selling, so props yeah. to them. Props to them for making it all the way to the championship. Yeah, and I don't think anyone was beating. Did y'all them. did y'all see how close Lamont Butler was to stepping out too on that game when he pulled up jumper? Yes, I don't think they made uh big, as big of a deal as they should have on live television, but dear lord, centimeters away. Yeah, San Diego State got a couple whistles there with the time winding down to get them to that championship game, and there was a couple angles that may have been photoshopped. I remember Bama fans were photoshopping the kick six, having Chris Davis step out of bounds, but it was centimeters, millimeters away from a different story. And you touched on how San Diego State was one of those teams that you just don't like the don't like the way they play the game of basketball. You, I think they're one of those teams you don't want to face. For me, they're like the AAU team that pulls up to the game late, all in the same van. They get out, start clapping, and then they full court press you, and you're just like, wow, I can't stand these guys. You know the teams I'm talking about, Graham? Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of remind me of, like, Katie Johnson of a basketball team. Like, just just don't like the way they play. It's, it's, it's hard-nosed, play really good defense, but like you said, like, you don't want to go up against them. Yeah, the San Diego State Patrick Beverleys. But yeah, there you, y- go. you said a word that was sort of been in the theme of Saturday games in the Final Four recently, heartbreak. And this past decade, we've seen – many Final Four heartbreaks starting back in 2014 with the Aaron Harrison game winner against Wisconsin. The next year, a turn of events with Wisconsin knocking off Kentucky's perfect season. And welcome, Jack, to the show. And more heartbreaking games moving along. We had the COVID half-court buzzer beater in the – where are you going? Ah, grabbing his backpack for all you listeners out there, but the final four Jalen Suggs buzzer beater that would probably be number one if you had to rank them in heartbreak terms, but I feel like in a COVID season, everything was a little different. And then the next year, Duke losing North Carolina, and then now this. Where does this rank on the heartbreak scale in comparison to other games? Because I believe this is, for FAU, this is going to be the last time we'll see them in a final four for maybe forever. Wow, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say it's that bad. I think for being a nine seed, I think – Right now, it's hard to say it, but I think they're going to have some, you know, with, with time, when everything heals, I think, I mean, it's going to be, they're just going to look back on how incredible this run was. I mean, it's obviously heartbreaking. It's, there's no such thing as a losing at the buzzer. I guess, Moral the, victory. I guess the way they did it, though, I mean, losing that they lead. still had time, put up kind of an early shot. Did y'all, I don't know if y'all, I was listening to part of my take and they were talking about it, that theoretically, what, I mean, what if you wait all the way till the end and just chuck up a big three that just hits the rim, and you know by the time that San Diego State comes down with a rebound, whatever, like, do you think that they're like able to run the floor and make a play? Because I mean, I think they had six six second differential shot clock and game clock. I mean, if you throw up a big three, it's gonna take a couple seconds to get there. You know, bounce off the rim, whatever. I mean, they did have a timeout, but then the- that disrupts game flow as well. I like. 
I, I was surprised they didn't take that all the way down to the Yeah, light. burn as much clock as you can. Or also, drive. Because, I forgot. Because you, you could, I mean, if you drive, you get the chance of a foul. I mean. Yeah. I also forgot the maybe number one heartbreaking Saturday loss in the Final Four. Our very own Auburn Tigers. And I watched, rewatched this game the other day, and I still cannot believe how that turned. They, do y'all remember Virginia was holding on to the ball? We remember. Kyle Guys, his three went in with six seconds left. Yep. Still, ugh, the, that that's that's one that makes you just cringe and what could have been. But I think th- that Auburn one may be number one, and I'd say Duke losing to their arch rival with K's last game would be number two, and then I put this FAU loss at three on the heartbreak radar. But like I, but like I said, I think it'd be worse if it's like a one seed. Like a one seed loses to a five seed with the lead mm-hmm. late in that same scenario, and they – you know, lose it off a buzzer beater. I think that's, yeah. I think the, a team that's supposed zone. to be there, I think would be, would be way more heartbreak. Like, so like I wouldn't scale, even, I wouldn't put, say that this was a disappointment. Like I think if it was a team that, you know, was the obvious favorite. I think FAU was dogs and underdogs in the game. If the team was like an obvious favorite and lost like that, I think that would be bigger. So on that scale, you'd put the Kentucky lost Wisconsin where they were 38. No, at the one spot. Yeah, yeah, I would because that was a there chance. There are so history. many good onions moments. Like we forget about like Chris Weber's like infamous timeout. Oh yeah, uh, one that I'm just now recalling that is absolutely nuts to think about is uh, you and I Northern Iowa. So y'all remember oh, they beat yeah. Farouk Manesh. They no, beat no, this is not Farouk Manesh. Well, they beat uh, number six. The number they were the number eleven seed. Beat they number beat the number Texas. six Texas off a half court buzzer beater. This is round and of thirty two, but still, yeah, oh, this is well, bad. Yeah, I this do is two games. This is two games. So they beat so they beat Texas off a half court shot, and then they play Texas A and M up twelve with forty five seconds left, yep. and just forget how to break a, a press Crazy. and lose. Crazy, Caruso up magic. Yeah. I won't say anything else about this, but you know, a team like that. Kind of surprising they can't break a press. Like, I'm, but leave, come on now. There. But I mean, it. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, that that one's brutal. But it's a but it's a round of thirty two games. So like, I don't know. Like, I think Final Four is going to be have to be way worse. And on the the national stage as well, because everyone in the country is watching that game too. I feel like that has to add a little little extra fuel to the locker room heartbreak and tears. So, actually, I because I still haven't gotten over it, I'd say Kentucky-Wisconsin, now that I'm re-tracking here and giving it a second. Now how are you not saying that? Like I'd say it probably – was, it's because it wasn't at the buzzer. They sort of just outplayed us. Still, I mean, 38 no. I'd probably – yeah. That's brutal. A chance at history that will never be done again, a Power 5 team going undefeated in the regular season. It's brutal, man. And <laughs> – and then Duke, I'd say Duke, Duke. If okay, so imagine Saban's last game ever. He loses to Auburn on like a fifty-five yard field goal in the college football playoff. Which this was the same thing where Carolina and Duke never played each other in a Final Four or a tournament setting. And then the one time they do is Coach K's last season. So that would probably be the comparison. A legend. I mean, that would be my favorite day. I mean, I, I, could could life get better? I mean, if you yeah. But okay, Saban sent sent Saban away. Okay, but would yeah, you? Yeah, but t- as a Bama fan, like the heartbreak of that would be just. Oh yeah. Be, All right, but now from an Auburn's fan's perspective, that would be 
as in we had a Cinderella run to get to that point, and then the next year we didn't go bowling. You can't, really go Carolina. you can't really go Cinderella run in football. We had, I'd say 2013 was definitely a Cinderella run, but you have to include the uh, yeah, regular yeah. season. 2010, 20, 2017 would have been, been a Cinderella run if we had carry on. Hadn't I'd say hurt. TCU had a Cinderella run this past year. Well, they're kind really of dominant great. throughout the year, though. They they were actually on thin no, they, ice yeah, the entire first, season. First yeah. year head coach, yeah, they were. Yeah, they exist. I think, yeah, Cinderella runs are different. I feel like in because mm-hmm. in football, it's less games. But yeah, well, on a more broad scale, actually, no. Let's talk about the championship first. UConn, pure dominance. They were, I think, the best team in the tournament, even though they were yeah. a four seed. Yeah, and they proved it. Is UConn, and I put this out on Twitter about my rankings for college basketball programs, and I now have them at six. Blue blood. Are they a blue blood? They're blue blood. Yes. It also helps that their colors are blue. They have but like they. Yeah, they're a blue blood. They, they're five more, and zero. They're five and zero in the national championship. Never lost a national championship that they played in. All this also has happened in the last twenty five years. Okay, so I, I, I've had the same argument. That's nuts. That's this, nuts. And I think and I think the fact that, you know, I know and you say history or whatever, but like the nineties nineties are further in the way further away than like than people give credit to. Okay, but Garber, like, if you're b- basing it off that, then it's not an all time ranking. It's what are the best programs from two thousand. So when you say all time, you have to factor in the nineties. We didn't say all we didn't say best programs of all time. You said are they a blue blood? And I said yeah. yes. I think what's also equally as impressive is that they've done it with three different head coaches. Yeah. So like you got UNC, yeah. Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, we, all have the same. We talked about this a little bit. No, yeah. Kentucky's one with five different coaches. Yeah, Carolina's one with three. Okay, well I'm talking coaches in 25 years. All right, are we doing all time? Are we doing the past? Like blue blood definitely includes all time. Also, when I think yeah, of but blue I, blood, I also this is kind of my comparison for it is, I think of it as like powerhouses in college football. You know, you have your powerhouses. Then UConn's so, not a powerhouse in college basketball. I would say they haven't no. made. They haven't won a tournament game in nine years. That's un. That's an unfair. Because I I agree. I think they are now blue. But if you're saying powerhouse, then that's someone who's winning their conference every year, always in the picture. Which would probably be. Do you all, not think that? Do you not think that that could that could be starting right now? With UConn, they're all coming back. Maybe Sonogo oh, goes. Oh, yeah, they're, they're they should be preseason. All right, if you, if Hawkins you, is projected to go top 20. He's gone. Is, he really? is Sonogo yeah. going to come back? Hawkins is gone. Sonogo's that. He's, he's ready. Are, I think Sonogo's ready. Dude, I think Sonogo's Joel Embiid, like, that oh, yeah, caliber yeah. player. Or could be. Could be, could yeah. Be. Pump the brakes. He, uh, no, not right now. Man, that was just impressive. That I mean, that was the easiest – they made it look so easy, and it wasn't easy. They just were that much better. And, like, you could talk about, like, their their path was not the hardest, but, like. What did he shoot from I three this season? I don't season? know. I, you can say that about a lot of UConn runs, though. I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. In the national title in 2011, they played an eight seed. In 2014, they played an eight seed. And then, and then this year, they played an eight seed in the Sweet 16 and then San Diego State in the title. Do you think if they had had to play Kansas – I think I think UConn. Kansas. I still had UConn. I think UConn winning. beats Kansas. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't like who who beats UConn in this of this field. We talked about it all like all college basketball season. Who's the dominant team? We like couldn't figure it out because it was so like we couldn't figure out what team is 
you know, like actually running the Bama kind of at times. Yeah, and I was about to give you all props because I kept saying Bama, but y'all saw something fraudulent in them that I did not see and is exposed. Yeah. I didn't see – one, I I will say – I wasn't that sharp. I didn't see Brandon Miller going 19% in the tournament. That, no. That was mm-hmm. not, I could that was not was, in the cards for me. You could but, look at you towards, could, yeah. uh, like, if you start with, uh, I forget who they played before us, maybe Mississippi State. If you start there and look at him, he's still getting 17, 18 points a game, but he was getting 9 or 10 free throws. So he his field, his field goal percentage was nah, not, he was not like sharp. Tom, he was like Tommy Murr of college basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Well – Time to put a bow on this season. What a unique and unusual tournament, but it's now time to move on and talk about more important things in life, like women's basketball and taunting and championship games. So we will talk about that when we come back. Thank you guys for staying up with us, and we will be back shortly. The Foundation and the Ed Council. And we're back. Barners Before Bed, episode 20. How about that? 20 episodes. Feels like yesterday we were talking about the Auburn-Missouri game here in episode one. But moving into the second segment, there is a controversial event that occurred on Sunday and a very marquee matchup in the women's basketball side of the collegiate spectrum and one that provided a lot of hot takes on Twitter and divided the sports Twitter world for a little bit, where Angel Reese of LSU was, I guess, taunting would probably be the correct word here, the, without a doubt, hands down, best player in women's basketball, Caitlin Clark from Iowa, en route of a LSU championship, and Garber, you had a pretty passionate take about the events that occurred on Sunday? Uh, Passionate, no. Sorry, I didn't have your mic on. Um, passionate, no. Um, I don't. I don't really. I don't really see. I don't get why. I think people are bored because sports are kind of coming to a lull. I mean, baseball is back, but you know they got. You got to talk about something on first take. But I, I don't know. I, I like. I don't. I'm not out here to paint Angel Reese as you know a, like a demon. For what she did, I don't think that was like. I mean, Caitlin Clark said, you know, whether she means it or not, she came out and said that it didn't really affect her that much. Like she didn't really care. I didn't like. I didn't like the move because I think talking smack is good in for sports. I think it's good for passion. You know, showing passion, um, heat of battle. But when you do it, when you're already when the games are, you wait till the game is already over. And your whole team is like running to celebrate together. You just won the national championship. You just did. You just completed your ultimate goal. It can't get any better for you that season. And you're walking around doing taunting, you know, with the other. I just think that's, I think that's cheesy. And I think at the same, I think it's also, I think kind of what makes like smack talking good is because you have something at stake generally when you do it. Because once you you know you talk smack, the other t- the other player has the option, you know one you could I mean you could get in their head they could start playing worse then you win, you could get in their head they could you know fire back get a technical you know cause a foul you win there, or they have the op- like otherwise they could come out you know and just ball out on you and then they flip the script on you, 
But when you do it, when you're already up like 12, it, it's just, I don't know, it's like almost – and I know you can't really punch down at Caitlin Clark because she's the best college basketball player. But And I also get that Caitlin Clark you know, did the same motion, but it wasn't even at her. I don't know. I thought I thought it was a corny move, but at the same time, you know, I, I feel like the I, best. I don't, I don't word, understand how it la- the story's lasted. Like yeah, six days. I feel like the best word to describe <laughs> the whole situation is just weird. Like the whole thing was weird to me. How yes, you reach the pinnacle of your sport, and that's the first reaction. And also, following the game in the post game conference there on the panel with ESPN that's the thing they bring up talking about how we don't take respect and wasn't it was where she was backing up off the three it was so weird and then following the game Jill Biden was inviting both teams to the White House which is criminal awful yeah, yeah you can't invite yeah. the second place team yeah what yeah it was just a whole weird weird there is uh, I don't think there's any athlete that would have had the complete opposite response of Angel Reese to that of being like, wait, what? You're going to invite the people we just beat? Like, we get this, you know, historically prestigious honor of getting to go to the White House and being a championship team that, uh, I don't know if they do it for baseball, but uh, three other, two other teams in the country get to do. It's like, uh, you know, when you're kind of diminishing their their award yeah. by doing that, in my opinion. Yeah, that, I thought that was dumb. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that all just, just, I mean, I, I will say you you could make the argument though. It's good for it's good for the women's game. Yeah, no, uh, brought in viewers. That's what I was about. To I say. think uh, I think definitely a lot of people tuned in. Caitlin Clark was great for the game. I mean, she she got. I mean, did you see how many people were at the game? How many people like their their TV ratings were best ever. I mean, she's incredible. Is she going to the league? I'm assuming. Well, so, no, I don't. They I think have, she a, uh, I don't, they have a no, football cap on it. Yeah, like, it's a football. Yeah, three years. Yeah, I think she's only a sophomore. One more year. That'll be that'll be kind of cool. That's that's uh, my one of my big issues with that is is like she is the I think bar none the greatest college ba- women's college basketball player of all time, and I think right now, like if you threw in the WNBA, she is a top five player. So like the I think that was just the lack of disrespect. Like that's like to me, I don't know who's just a bomb and not a bomb, but like <laughs> like a. Well, wow. Angel isn't a bomb. No, not a yeah. You know, like that's. I don't know who's a good comparison. Right, Portnoy coming out firing. No, I do side with Portnoy. I'd say I like I, the I only. Like, I like what I, I said. Like what if like if, what if Pacheco went up to Jalen Hurts. After the Super Bowl, after he just lost and well, just like well, Juju I, sort yeah, of say, did I was, it. I was about to say that was yeah. it was very Juju esque, yeah, in the sense of, and I guess Andrew Reese is a little bit more heat of battle. Juju's is the most inexcusable. That was like five days after the Super Bowl, yeah, and you're out wild. here like tweeting about, yeah, the, tweeting about the other team, especially when I mean I guess Juju had that good drive at the end, but he didn't really do it the whole time. But like I said, I think you got to keep that stuff heat of battle after the game. The fact that that's where your priorities are at, I don't know. I agree. Like you, when the whole team is rushing, like I, I think that's one of the best images ever. Is is college sports, a college national championship, is seeing the whole team, like either a dog pile, tackle each other, or yeah, like a, just a, just a big group, like hug, awkward hug, jump. You know, just the coaches in there, and and I get that like it was the game was the game was over earlier, but that's my thing. Also, like why would you not? Do all your smack talk when the game was over, like a minute ago. Like, why wait till the like? Uh, it's kind of like 
my opinion on, you know, the warm up the bus chant. I think it's only ever good, you know, in the student section or crowd does it against the team, you know, when they're up big. I think it's only good when you do it with, like, a couple minutes to go because I think it's funny. Like, you know, it's yeah, you can't do it, like, 30 if seconds. If you do left. it while the clock's running out and you're already up, like, 10, it's, I think it loses all What do you think about the overrated chant? That's oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's a terror. It's a terror. It's the dumbest. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you first-hand experience. Let's go back to 2016 Nashville Curry Gymnasium. Uh, Darius Garland played against my high school NBA, and uh, we were getting beat pretty bad. And, you know, of course, you know, some guys, some of the seniors had to start a uh, overrated chant. He turned around and said, all right, went for 35. So then, it, then... Never, it never works. There's never – an overrated chant has never and will never work. And it's dumb, too, because if you win, then it's like, why would you – yeah, you're, it, just, you're diminishing your it, own win. It, it, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Side question: Then, uh, so Darius Garland went to BA, right? Yeah, yes. And didn't they score 38 points as a team that game? And he had 35. They only scored 38. I don't know. I I don't remember the final score, but no, that's what they I've scored. Heard. No, they scored a good bit more. We we okay. lost significantly, unless they held us to 20. But <laughs> they very well could have. But, um, yeah, the. Dare yeah, I just remember that. But overrated chances. Back to the Iowa LSU game. If they were to play each other again next year, I'm watching. Absolutely, 100. Oh, Angel Reese back. I'm not. I'm I'm watching next year regardless. See Caitlin play. Yeah, I am too. I mean, I tuned in this year. She said in Curry Curry range, Damian Lillard Curry range threes. And they're incredible. off the dribble too. They're just yeah. get across yeah, half court, tough. pull up, she's, pop. She's yeah. tough. Yeah, you, the, she's one of those people but, you need to get a hand in her face as soon as she walks in the gym. What yeah. were you about to say, Graham? But bottom line is, like, to say what Caitlin Clark did in that Final Four game, she did, like, what, three swipes across the face, and then comparing that to what Angel Reese did, that, like, not on the same plane. Angel Reese was a little bit over the top, I think. Like, Angel Reese should be asking for her autograph. That's how good Caitlin Clark is, in my opinion. Okay, wait, I like that you said that because what's worse, what Angel Reese did or the players after games who ask someone like Brady or Jordan for their uniform? I think uh, that's uh, a little I don't lame. Think that's that bad. No. I mean, NFL also NFL's just not as like regular season is not as competitive, especially NBA, really not as competitive mid You know, these guys, if you have the chance, because, you know, wait, if you're not in his division, the, okay, but if you're not in Brady's division, you know, you, I don't think they do jersey swaps in the in the chain like playoffs that's only a regular season thing so I, I don't think I've ever seen that sort of game within the game though in the regular season as well in basketball so I guess it's a what do you mean by that what are you, what are you saying counter uh, have you when have you ever seen that sort of back and forth besides Odell I mean, and Josh time, Norman all the time I mean NFL Draymond and Dylan Brooks I don't I, like I said I don't have any there were there were there were words used, you know, classless and other words used classless against her. Like what? What's her name? Pike Portnoy. I don't care about that. That there's. I'm not like I said. I'm not trying to paint Angel Reese as like like villain. Worst. Yeah, the worst ever. I just I just think it was a weird and I really, I, I think corny is the best way to put it. Like it, it's a corny move. Do it. Do it in the heat of battle when you make a big play. Then get in her face, you know, like in the like Correct. when you're when you're stepping back on defense, do it there, you know. Don't I don't know. I, I think waiting think all the way until the end. Well, my whole of, thing is, uh, 
how often how many how time how often do you think things through when your adrenaline is high is probably what hers was she just won a national championship it's already high because she's been playing a sport so that adrenaline's pumping yeah like no, i just right. don't think she probably thought about it that much like i'm sure when she did it i That's don't think true. she thought she would be on first take for a week no uh she also knew she wouldn't evoke a response out of caitlin clark which i thought was kind of soft it all goes back to Garber's point. I agree. In the heat of battle, like that's when you got to do it. Because that's yeah, when you get a response from the other player. Oh yeah, she's that's not doing that to Brittany Griner. Well, I think I think six, the reason eight, you don't do that. That's not I think I think and I think she's smart. I guess in this sense, don't poke the bear with Caitlin Caitlin Clark. Yeah. If you know if you do that heat of battle, she might come and drop four threes in a row on you. Like you know. But that definitely plays a factor, though, Jack. Like people never really do that kind of personal stuff with the biggest people on the court like do you ever see someone try and do that with Shaq or have seen videos of well yeah no that's uh, yeah besides so Mike Dunleavy throwing the ball at him or whoever that was that video is electric the, like Utah mayor or Utah governor or something was like that, that Dunleavy who's the dude that no, threw the ball at Shaq was, he like he became a politician now <laughs> hilarious what a post basketball career but on that note we will take another break thank you guys again for staying up with us and we will be back and we're back, Barners Before Bed, episode 20. And we're going to look ahead to our senior year of being a fan and Auburn student with some news coming on the basketball side, first of all, with Icy Wynn declaring for the draft while still keeping his eligibility, which I did not see this route coming, but why not? Go test the waters, get evaluation, and go up against some of the best other guards in the country, but by him doing that, do you think that's a sign that if he were to return to college basketball, he will be in an Auburn Tiger uniform next season? Uh, with the news that we can touch on right after we talk about this, uh, I don't think he's gonna be like I'm. I don't think he's an Auburn Tiger. Uh, because if he's dec- if he's prepping for the draft, and I think he knows realistically that like Aiden's probably gonna come in and be the starter. Uh, like I'm sure, obviously, if he stays, there will be talks of like you know there'll there'll be a position battle essentially. But I think we all know Aiden's gonna run the one for us next year. And if NBA draft is something that he has his heights set on, then he probably needs to go play at like a mid major where he can go average sixteen or seventeen a game. Um, where like the like you know he needs to go somewhere where he's the guy, and like next year he just he won't be the guy on next year's team. I don't even think he has to go that far. Why not do it? Marquise Noel, go to a school like Kansas State, a middle-tier Power 5 school, and yeah, just get your true. name out there. I guess that's kind of – I go to, like, the Pac-12. I'm yeah. sure there's some Pac-12 schools that would love his services, or even, like, the American. No, you don't have to go all the way down. What, what like, what non – or group of five schools – like, give me an idea of what you're thinking of. Uh – like a VCU, I don't. He would not get. In, yeah. He would. That would hurt his draft stock because no one would see him play. That's true. Uh, I guess I kind of meant. I was kind of thinking more of like the American Conference, like go play for. Uh, Speaking of the American, isn't the American about to be like done? They're all going to the uh, Big Twelve, like Correct. Cincy. But, but the whole, it's like the whole Conference USA is going to the American. The Americans are going to be weird next year. Yeah. I thought Cincy, the American is not going to be the American that we know. No, Cincy and UCF and all of them are in the American. No, Cincy's leaving too. I'm saying like the yeah, conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying like the conference USA. I think. Is, oh my fault. We, we misread whether, but I yeah, think, it's, I think FAU might be going to the American next year. 
I uh, think you're yeah, correct. It, yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird to realize it. Sorry for a little side tangent. Speaking of Wendell, though, I, I don't know if y'all read this. Maybe I, I might have been reading too much into this, but Hokinson, when he reported it, said that he is going to be exploring a professional career. Does that mean he's looking at, like, all pro leagues? Like yeah, well, overseas? I mean, and maybe he's just not a school guy. Like, he wants to go play basketball full-time and make a living and start his yeah, – he can saying. always come back and get his degree – if he just wants to focus on basketball full-time, by all means. I mean, you can't blame him. The average uh, EuroLeague basketball player makes between $400,000 a year. So, like, no, the average? Get, yes. No, I don't no know No way. That. That's what the top guys I don't know make. about that, but they, like, sometimes EuroLeague is it's much better bang for your buck than know. G League. 100%. Basketball is bas- like the, pretty basketball's big the second biggest sport, sport in the country, yeah, in no, the world. In, in, I don't believe in, it's that high, Europe. but I believe it's up there for sure. Definitely higher than G League on average. I mean, every practice. I mean, the minimum contract for a practice league and a practice uh, team NFL player is like 500k. This one yeah. says 500 to 800. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, yeah. Euroleague's top. Like Euroleague's strong. Back to the Wendell thing. I don't think the, the Euroleague would be. Wait, who good? Say your. Yeah. Say me first. Okay. Well, yeah. Back to the Wendell thing. I don't think him declaring. I think that has little, if any, to do with whether or not he'll wear an Auburn basketball jersey next year. Um, I don't know if y'all saw, like, his mom got on a forum and was, like, extremely upset. It was one of those Jabba things, just Auburn being Auburn, how, like, we're kind of attacking, like, a lot of Auburn fans are attacking Wendell on social media, you know. Yeah, I think that's And he's starting to just clap cri- back as yeah, well. Yeah, just criticizing him about his play and just things like that. And his mom just, like, sounded off. She was very respectful, but, like, it was righteous anger for sure. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. Um, it's not the first time we've seen this. That's just the nature of, of Auburn fandom too. We just have people like that, which is really annoying. Auburn's weird, weird Auburn fan base. I It's weird because it's like you think of the Auburn family, Auburn fan base that were, you know, it's nice and respectful. Oh, yeah. Family. It's pretty toxic at times. Oh, yeah. when it rains, it to pours. To be fair. And so it's, it's – To be fair. And, I, and, I, and I'm not going to say that I'm never part of it either, but, I mean. I mean, look I don't, at I don't blame. I, I I don't I don't think I think that's unfair to Wendell. I'm thankful for everything that he's done. The he's last a Koozie Award I mean, finalist. He's, yeah, exactly. Like, he's legit. Yeah. No, he's uh, so. My whole thing is is yes, Auburn's bad about it, but also when you look around, like so's every big. Yeah, like Bama Bama fans. You know, Jaden Bradley, freshman five star point guard this year, who uh, is a guy who doesn't necessarily show up in the stat sheet to see his impact. Great, like one of the best defenders in the country this year, really. Uh, he's entering the transfer portal and seeing like Bama fans like pretending to be happy about it. It's just a coping mechanism that fans use. Yeah, yep. and honestly, toxicity runs parallel with passion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you lose passion, you lose toxicity. But if you lose passion, you also lose all the good pro benefits that you get with these big programs that have had success in the past. So. I don't know. It's a trade-off. Um, I I got two takes on this. I was gonna say what I was gonna say before Graham um, had his little soliloquy there. Um, Wendell in a Euroleague basketball setting would be interesting to watch because that is just completely opposite play styles. Say, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily. I looked around. Warren doesn't necessarily leagues. mean uh, Euro. It could be you know New Zealand or 
Australia. Like the Australia Japanese or, league is yeah, like that's where Lamelo Ball yeah. really shines. There's a Shanghai, ton of there's Shanghai a, Sharks. Yeah, ja, the, there's a ton of leagues that are gonna offer you a like decent salary. Like Iraq, like a, or no, was it Iraq? Marshall Iraq? Henderson. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Marshall <laughs> Henderson played in Iraq for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, but back to the whole toxicity thing. Here's my personal beef with some Auburn fans on Twitter, and here's the difference between us and let's say another school when it comes to being harsh on our players. When a player leaves at another school that would get the heat from the fan base, when he would announce a transfer or declaring, it would be best of luck, all this good stuff, whatever. That's what you'd see first in the comments. When a player from Auburn transfers, it's good riddance in the comments. Look at Bo, Go to Bo Nix's Instagram when he yeah, made Bo's the... But, you know a name I think of that wait, wait, didn't get that? Is Devin Cambridge. Oh, I mean, how can you not, like, bounce, man? I mean, what? Well, okay, well, in terms of his production and his, like, his level of play, his level of play, he was not ball enough to be a He's not a good basketball player. Well, he's not a polarizing player, though. He's not a good basketball player. He just made cool dunks and really didn't. Exactly. So that's why why I think it's blasphemous that he just got let off the hook when he transferred. Because, like, he wasn't good. No, we handled that well. I know. That's what I'm saying. What fan bases are you talking about that are just these. Always righteous. We're Kentucky, set. Carolina, Duke, Kansas. Show me where UNC fans were saying thanks for everything, Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, they. Yeah, they're. All right, yeah, let's they're go. Doing the, but, they're, they're well, Caleb Love is. Riddance, Caleb. Caleb Love is borderline a legend. That shot of him hitting the three to put him up four in the final yeah, four will be like, played on Carolina they're replays. They're like fine with him leaving. They're doing the same thing. It's they're just fine. They're it's just good. It's 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 just passionate big fan bases. I think they're more confused on why that happened. I don't know. I guess I think they're sort of like what's right, keeping the right, I think it's more. Under, I think it's more understood. You know where my fan base stands with the Blue Bloods. You, what are you trying to provoke here or stir up the pot? What, what been trying to oust your coach that and, that's taking yeah. that's giving y'all? Yeah, and that's he's a grown man, and you guys, not, hand, you guys and he's getting paid guys, nine handled. million dollars. If you're getting so paid your nine million dollars a year and you underperform at your job and are apathetic at your job, you deserve criticism. That's fair. These are college athletes. These dudes are our age. No, I agree. Like the oh, yeah. prime example of looking how to handle it is how Kentucky fans handled Shadon Sharp. Uh, <laughs> that was just with such class and respect to understand that. He's well, he's the, he was kid. he's not a Kentucky Wildcat. He's not. He never exactly, stepped foot on the court. Exactly. He also played the program. He didn't graduate high school, and no one knew that. So he's in the fall here. I'm sure no one knew that. Why does that matter? You have to graduate high school to play in college. Right? Yeah, no, but he was on the roster. Like he, I don't. He had a fake diploma. I, I why did? Why do you Derek, hate him for that though? Because he lied. He played us. He said he was coming back, and he rode the coattails. Got high draft stock. No, he was supposed to be in the class. He was the number one player in the class of 2022. I don't think the lack of, I don't know if the lack of diploma had any sort of reclassified. You know. Said in November of that season. Oh, don't worry, I'll be back. Then, as the season went on, stayed quiet, refused to play when we had our backcourt go down with injuries. Because Calipari was trying to play him. Why would you not want to play the number one player in the country? He said Bro, no. Y'all are, y'all are the same. Sounds like same we're as over here. Yeah, y'all are the same. He's like, not a Kentucky Wildcat. Okay. Well. He was on the roster. Anyways. Whatever. Yeah. Let's move on from Kentucky A-Day. Talk. Well, we only have one minute left, so we're going to just wrap up this. 
we'll wrap it up with this. The reason uh, Wendell is not coming back is because we're getting a certain six four shooting guard transfer that like is combo. All, combo. That's all but confirmed. Like all that all but signed. Is this scoop VC? Could you give us a hint? Uh, I Caleb Benson crystal ball him. So. Yes. And, and people, Benton people, uh, yeah, Caleb Benson's legit to me. Like his prediction uh, ratio, like he's 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 it's Denver. Jays he's sharp. We're talking about as well. yes, yeah, we're talking about Denver. Denver. Yeah. He's what, he's sharp. What about that seven footer from Marshall? Did y'all see him? Yeah, he looks. He looks like that'd be just such a goofy. why. We, we, that's one position we don't need any more depth Ooh, at. Disagree. I disagree. Disagree. That. Big yeah. time. Cardwell Kentucky, and Janai. Kentucky what? fan. Janai to the four. I say let's let's shift Janai. Jani- Jani- why play Janai at the four? He's a fantastic five. He plays like a four. Janai started hitting threes late season. Exactly. Yeah, but we need more depth at center, bro. Mm-hmm. Janai got in foul trouble a lot too. Yeah, he got Cardwell. Foul, if he keeps getting in foul trouble. I love Cardwell for the minutes he, he steps in, but if he's he's not a he's not a 30, 20 minute. No. Player. Should we start a Hunter Dickinson to Auburn campaign? Ugh, I would love I that. Would, but Gargoyle, wait, what? What? Why no to Hunter Dickinson? He's the Dickinson. hottest player in the portal. He's probably the. Well, premier yeah, player whatever. in the portal. Yeah, to be maybe, fair, according just... to 247, the number one player is also a center we're going after, Khalil Ware. The Oregon guy, yeah. yeah. Well, everyone's going at Wait, before we go to break, did y'all see the D2 player on some college yes. basketball account that has 80 schools reaching out to yeah, him? Who is this guy? It's uh, like White guy? It's like, a Villanova, no. it's like a Villanova D2 affiliate. Yeah, it has 80. Is that a thing? Is it? Yeah. What? There's, There's, I got to look. What Australian is this guy's dude? name? Point yeah, guard? no, it's like a D2 Affiliate of uh, I know Notre Dame has like or is it just private schools. Has like D two, so it's just pro- like Catholic private schools that have affiliates. Yeah, probably. Like I know, like That'd a be guy, cool, guy I knew Little Mahal freshman year walked on Auburn plays now for a Notre Dame D two. That'd be kind of cool. If Auburn had like a a D two affiliate, and like what if it was like the well, we G League? Like you play bad, so we just hey, send we you down a- to the G they're League. They're not D two. We got A U M. Yep. Yeah, Actually, A U M might be. No, they're not. They're N A I A. I think. Yeah, could that'd be, be kind of cool if you could do that. Be like, w- w- go send down program. W- it's like a red farm, shirt farm league. It, you red shirt someone if, like, say Chris Westry was healthy, just send him down to NAI. Who's Chris? Chris Westry. Ah, oh, shoot, he's a DB that played in the NFL for a little bit. Chance Westry, my fault. Hmm. But yeah, send him down check. to the the G League, get some reps. DB. Well, shout out Chris Westry. Hope you're doing well, brother. And we will take a break on that note and come back and talk football. Speaking of DBs and spring games, Garber's favorite time of the year. But on that note, we will be back shortly for episode, or excuse me, segment number four. Put your fours up. Four underway, Barners for bed, episode 20. And let's talk some pigskin. Let's talk some gridiron. Let's talk some football. A-Day coming up this Saturday. As I said before we went to break, Garber's favorite time of the year. Really a chance to evaluate your team. See um, some clean, no-injury football, hopefully. I love seeing quarterbacks in red uniforms, just like my buddy Campbell. I, uh, yeah, no. He's being <laughs> before, facetious. Yeah. I, the, I, the reason I don't like these spring games, I, they're, I, they're very important. Play them. Do them. I don't think the fans need to – it's just a way to make money. Uh, they don't. They don't really tell the fans. Don't get anything out of it. All the fans speculate. The coaches get stuff out of it. They can. They can evaluate where players are coming along. The players sure get like they get a lot out of them. But the fact that it's just a tease. You know, it's it's like April. They're like here. Here's some football, and then it's a meaningless game. And then you stop watching, 
and then you're like, man, that was kind of fun. I'd love to. I'd love to watch football soon. And then you some, can't watch. You can't watch until, again until September. Some breaking Barner's so. news. Our good buddy Will Compton's tuning in right now. Shout out to Will saying that if your fan base isn't toxic, then you're not real fans. True. So I guess Fort Worth is probably not the place to be if you're not a if you can't handle some some Twitter criticism. Who who would have known that TCU Twitter would have? Yeah. I don't. I think they're on the lower end of toxic, but mm-hmm. yeah, because you can keep it up. They don't have the fans who they're like the Canada of football. Yeah, yeah, they play. That's that's. I mean, what like nine thousand undergrad what? private school? I mean, yeah. You're not gonna. You're yeah, not gonna. Have a little more than that. But I, I feel like. Not, not, I feel like in Big football. Twelve spring Thanks, games, they play Canadian football rules. Like they they move up the goalposts to have like a bigger end zone. Well, that's what they do in the Big Twelve. I just let yeah. all the kids from Nebraska play. <laughs> but speaking of spring games, this is a debate we saw on Twitter, and something that I'm proud of our program for. Playing in-state schools, which Alabama doesn't, but an opportunity for them is our coach Hugh Freeze and Trent Dilfer both had interviews and both agreed this would be an awesome thing. Why not Auburn play UAB, Bama play Troy in a spring I'm, game? I'm so in on that. Um, I thought you were anti that though, just a little injury risk, and cause yeah. you see the different color on in the uniform. <laughs> so yeah, since speaking of the injury, I do love the Hugh Freeze, uh, you know, little little head head football coach math. We said that if we play. Another we scrimmage another team, we decrease our injury risk by fifty percent, and I don't think that's yeah. I don't know about that. One. <laughs> I don't know if that. I don't know if that's how it works. I mean, I, yes, we have fifty percent less players on the field at all times. But I love that. I but I was yeah. You just gotta love. Sometimes you need to be reminded that they're football coaches. They're not. A, <laughs> they just love ball. They're not, they're not they math they magicians. They can they can teach. Uh, yeah, they're not math magicians. They can they can teach some U.S. history, but uh, <laughs> no talk to them. <laughs> but I'm all I. I was kind of anti with the injury risk, but I really started thinking about it. High school does it. You play like three or four scrimmages against other teams. NFL does it. They play three or four. You know, if you treat it right, if you treat it like a true, like like an NFL preseason game where the starters play about a quarter, and then you know you pull them, and then you you know you, you mix in guys that are yeah. It's a- all about I think it, these games are way more important for coaches and players than they are for the fans. It's it really all it is is just to make money, which is I'm good with us making more money for our athletic program, but I don't know in terms of it's not it's not really real football. It's like preseason you get excited to watch it, but you watch for about a quarter and then you you leave it on, but then you just start talking. But that's because we we're in the the dark hole of no sports in July because July is the worst sports month as we've talked about before, and then you just finally see football. Like you see the Hall of Fame game, you get excited. And see then the Hall of Fame game is the perfect ex- example. Exactly. After ten minutes, you're like for, this yeah, is lame. Exactly. It's just another tease. Like I, I don't know. yeah. So Graham, what what uh I know in the state of Alabama, do they play the high school spring games? Uh, we did like OTAs. So like, I, it's hard for me to remember. Like we personally, because so I remember. Yeah. It was so. It was like eight years ago. But like my <laughs> senior year, like we only had like twenty five. Yeah, John the leather helmets back then. No, but <laughs> he wore a two bar. Yeah, but like, uh, bar. yeah, we 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 did not agree with uh, Hugh Freeze's analytics or statistics, whatever he had, because we had twenty five guys on the team my uh, senior year, so like we didn't want to risk anything. But we would do like OTAs, like no pads. We would, like you know do like seven on sevens, things like that. In the but spring, like this early. Oh yeah, yeah, we do OTAs in the spring. But um, back to Auburn and the Trent Dilfer thing. Um. 
like, like we can all agree that like you know playing somebody not in the same color jersey as you would up the competition and be much more fun. Uh, I think we can relate to that. Maybe not Trey because he was kicking, but um, uh, <laughs> assault. What I was think, that for? I, well, I think the, the reason why <laughs> I think especially this year in particular it would be fun if like Auburn played UAB because um, you know how in eight A games like the battle in the, there's no real real battle in the trenches like and that's what we need to see out of this Auburn team is is the D line versus the O line like those are the two position groups I think are going to be the most intriguing besides maybe quarterback but. That's um, unfair to say. There's no. I'd argue wide You don't. I mean, you don't. It's not to the I, same level though as playing somebody in an opposite color jersey. Oh, for sure not. And not not from your school. Actually, I want to hear y'all's opinion on this as well because I'm just now finding this kind of stuff out through broadcasting games at Weagle. I believe that college basketball and college football are the only two sports where there's not off-season competition. Like, Auburn and Mercer just played each other in women's soccer, and I'm calling a volleyball game on Tuesday. Why are the two main TV markets not capitalizing on this? But put wait, it on the SEC wait, network. Wait, wait, what did you say? Repeat that? You said... So, Auburn women's soccer played Mercer in a, I guess, scrimmage, but it was full on. They were wearing the uniforms, everything, this, this not, past Saturday. Is this not soccer? soccer season? No, soccer season's the fall. And then volleyball, oh, which is also the fall, has a game next Tuesday. And is it, baseball, I think, I think it has to do with injury risk. Baseball I was, has. I was about to say, game. what is the injury risk with soccer and volleyball? I think you just answered your I, question right I there. I think soccer has a higher injury risk than Don't basketball. Eh, probably right. Mercer but. had like four players cramp up. I guess cramps aren't really cramps aren't injury. <laughs> Are you hurt or injured? Yeah, hurt or injured. Going. Well, for a kicker, it's the same thing. Yeah, you're, you're out for yeah, five we're, weeks. We're going after your neck tonight. About the okay, well, all right. What's y'all's beef? Oh, that's something I'm excited to see, too. McPherson. Yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, sure. The thing Let the about leg this, loose. Uh, the leg the thing about this 8A game that, like, is why I'm going to – like, Garb, I think you're right for every other year except for this year just because – Yeah, no, I, I was – It's Hugh Freeze. Big. And I don't care, like – I just want to see what we're running. Like I, I want to see Agreed. what formations we're getting in. What our play, like yeah. what our play style is going to look like. Uh, you know, I do like seeing who's lining up where, especially because at receiver, we know we have like uh, the guy from Hawaii. I forget his name, but I was when I was reading the reports from day seven of spring practice. The he Cincinnati wide receiver, yeah, no. yeah. What is he's he? Hawaii than Cincinnati. Yes, uh, uh, Nick. Nick starts with the M. Mardner. 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 Yeah. Correct. Uh, he was getting received. He was our, you know, he was lining up with the starters wide out. Uh, which will be interesting because I've never watched that guy play football. So it'll be. I just want to see where, like, with all with the portal. I think the portal makes it more interesting because you're getting so many new guys. Yeah. What I'll say, and it's gonna be fun to do it, but just ease your expectations. It's well, still yeah. spring. Well, yeah. Like we have a full summer ahead and a full fall camp. It's very important, but I think that's the thing is you just you hear about it and you're like, all right, well. We're gonna go in with the new coach. You know, we got a new, all these new players. They're gonna be good, right? They're gonna be sloppy. It's gonna be it's gonna be sloppy, sloppier football, and that's the thing. I don't know. I think and I, and I hate the people on Twitter that just start making these outrageous takes, and I know that's just part of the fun. Well, yeah, and you remember but, we were talking about the new coach a couple of years ago. We said we'd never say his name on this show again. Yeah, so, no, coach, coach H. Yeah, remember the the thrill of seeing a tight end. Yeah, package. no, that's yeah. that's what I was about to say. I'm so excited because if it's if it's the stereotypical Hugh Freeze that we've seen in years past, it's gonna be a spread offense, and I'm so excited 
to see a quarterback in shotgun like 98% of the time, spreading it out. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. Okay, let me paint this picture for you guys real quick. TJ Finley comes out with the ones and just puts on a show. What's your reaction? Don't care. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Like I said, manage your expectations. Let's say Holden comes out and puts on a show. Well, manage your expectations. Still don't care. Come out. Robbie it, does uh, not it, put it, on a show. So you're it, not it, taking it, it, anything it, no, away. No, no. There's no – there's nothing right now. Don't care. Still don't care. I mean, at this point, last year, we – and maybe maybe, maybe it was more telling. Maybe our spring game last year was more telling because we, what, scored one touchdown that probably should have been an interception. <laughs> I completely forgot about so, that. So maybe that was maybe, – maybe, maybe we do think we should buy it. But I don't know. I just – I. That's inter- Would you rather see more points in your spring games? Like, or? just wait. Just wait. I don't know. Garby, you one of those people that likes to see the one units be on the same team or them go against each other? Against. Against. That's, you want to see the best play the yeah, best? Yeah, I think that's dumb seeing the ones play the twos. Like, within, a, I don't know, yeah. within the squad. I think, I, I think there'll be some points. Um, I like how Boy. Hugh Freeze is, uh, is kind of framing this game. I, I think, if I'm reading this correctly, the defense is going to start out with some point total in the 20s. And then from there, it's just like, they're playing you know, catch up. yeah, yeah, they're playing catch up. And winner gets steaks, losers get hot dogs. From what I'm reading, so I love that. Class. Uh, that's a class. Was, that's yeah. what Bama what? does, right? If yeah, I'm we, on the field, I'm that. going balls to the walls. School. Like who started that? That had to have been some old coach back in the day. Like Vince Lombardi probably did that. Like with, at Tackers Camp, because uh, we would do that too. Steaks and hot dogs for our competition. You know, at the end of the summer, in the summer workouts. So I don't know. Well, the Sarah football team, we the winner would get chilly. That we wouldn't have a spring game. We never had any practice in the spring. Adds but up. what did the what did you win then? <laughs> it it'd be like it be we'd call it meet the Spartans, and we would have winner would get chilly. Losers you just get nothing. Y'all don't I, have I'm, a team till like five years ago, right? Yeah, shout out Coach Pennington and the boys. Shad, the man, the myth, comeback player of the year. So what what are some other things that you're all looking forward to? Back to A Day, and I feel like A Day and spring games in general used to have more luster to it. I feel like they'd be autographs. Younger. I think you're younger. Is that am I getting old? Is that mm-hmm. dang, dang? We are getting. We're about to be seniors, dude. It's not. I think it's just like as a kid, you're just, you know, and I've just done it too many years in a row. Or you, know, you, you're like, oh my gosh, Auburn's playing. Like this is the best thing ever. Like that's this is my like. And then you you turn it in and you're like, well, now we now I have no football again until, I don't know. And you would go as a kid, yeah, you get autographs because oh, all the players would do like set up tents around and like do autographs after like it's a very it's a great it's a great it's a great thing. Sorry, was I, it, I was a little too aggressive. Was it it's also because we were better ten years ago too? Yeah. Would you rather go get? Were we Trey Mason's autograph? What? I'm just I'm kidding. Yeah, I was about to say. Okay, Bama. We're ten years ago from 2013. Yeah. So yeah, we were good. <laughs> yeah. oh, Man, I what? Wonder what? We... I don't really remember this though. But wonder what the vibe going into Gus's first A day was because that's following a three and nine season. Maybe the same vibes. Like excited to see Gus's offense back on the field after a one year hiatus. I don't really. I don't recall, remember it at all. I just remember that off season was interesting because there was like I think there was just it was like who's this Nick Marshall guy. Yes, this defensive back from Georgia. Yeah, because if you think about, it, you look at it, it was because he came on. He came. He didn't come till no. He didn't come till the summer. He didn't play in the A day game. We were rocking. Fra- no, not Bar- Kyle Barrett Frazier. Trotter. 
Was it Trotter? No, it was. I think, uh, we, were, I think we were rocking Barrett Trotter. So was, if you play with uh, Auburn, if in, you, if you play with Auburn in NCAA, NCAA 14, 14, it's not Barrett. It's what about Clint number Mosley? twelve? What's his name? Oh, it's Jonathan Wallace. Jonathan, Jonathan Wallace. Wallace, oh, Wallace who was supposed to be the Cam. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> dude! If you use Auburn so in NCAA Jeremy. 14, he's good in that game. He's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's like pretty. Sneaky. I mean, you, there's. You can make any player good. On and Trey Mason is like Larry Fitzgerald dreads, too. Yeah, he is. Well, he had dreads. And well, he, they weren't they like were, down to like sure close numbers. Are you sure it was Larry Fitzgerald or not? Trey, Richard remember Sherman. when you – yeah, I was about to say, remember when you got them too confused? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> same hair. Like, and they're, they're both Richard retired Sherman. now. I didn't know that <laughs> Richard Sherman worked for Amazon. I thought – I don't know. Whatever. Well, any other hot takes – or football tokens, because I guess it's now all eyes on football. I'm gonna jump to it, Garber. I guess you're no, baseball. Baseball. I mean season. Auburn baseball. I guess we can give a little update. Yeah. How are how the I, uh, How are the boys doing? Game one beat number three Florida on the road, ten one. Played a close one, game two, and then game three. Not game three. Actually, we were Ooh. up on them big uh, and choked. I don't know. We're, I, our pitching, our, I have a, our pitching. I have a cool is, stat is, about Auburn and the pros that I found out tonight. Yeah. Uh, my Good uncle means. is close family friends with Carson Skipper. He's that's his godson. Uh, through thirty innings in rookie, you know, rookie and spring baseball, he has allowed two runs. Hmm. Pretty strong. How nice. about that? Well, we we have Trey. Who is this? <laughs> Trey, name, who is it? <laughs> That's Richard Sherman. All right. <laughs> um, but, okay, wait, wait, let's la- – very quickly, we got the Masters coming up. Who, who do you all think is going to win? Sung J.M. Rory. Rory? Mello? Uh, I don't really know. Not I'll, a, I'll I'm go. not a golfer. I, 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 realistically, go. more so probably Rory. Mainly, I, I want to I see him or Sung Jay win. Yeah. So, I at a lunch table today with a bunch of huge golf guys, I said Tiger, and I said Tiger would be like an 11-seed Duke winning it all. Is that a fair comparison with his stakes? Or it'd be like a 13, 14, Or this. This was the better one we came up with. MJ on the Wizards winning MVP. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's where – why not throw throw a little bait on that? Because you never know. The same reason you're not taking the Pistons to win the the NBA championship. Take a flyer on a – Justin Thomas to miss the cut too. I think a lot of people forget that he went to Alabama, and he's a he's one of the biggest <laughs> he's one of the bigger barn he's one of the bigger bammers not barners bammers in the world. So yeah, I think a lot of too many I hear too many Auburn That's why guys Chuck's favorite that uh that like him too much. So yeah, solid epi. Good way to close out talking about Augusta. Who who wore number twenty for Auburn? We we're trying to figure this out. What episode this was for us? Um, is a famous number twenty. Because 20 last year in football was like uh, uh, Knighton. I forgot his first name. No, Bidarius wore. Bidarius, yeah. Bidarius wore 19, I thought. Sawyer Pate. Sawyer Pate uh, episode. Yeah. So this is going to be the Sawyer Pate episode? Hayden Bridges. Oh, Bridges. Yeah, that's yeah. you're right. I like the Sawyer Pate episode kind of better. Wait, who is? Well, Coy Moore wears 20 on NCAA 14 with the updated rosters. Well, he is zero. Yeah, so that's. Oh, oh guys, Corey Grant. There he is. Yeah, ball Cor- tokens from all of us. Corey Grant Grant it is the Corey Grant episode. Who's Shout ba- out Corey. Who's a basketball player that wore twenty. Uh, I can't think of one. I can't. Think oh, of uh, Patrick Kime. Pat Kime. Oh, yeah, it's That's, Patrick Kime episode. Yeah, yeah it should have been the Patrick Kime episode. 
Per wait, day. no, wait, no, guys. It's the Carter Severa episode. <laughs> oh! Wow. Shout out wow. Carter Severa, Gosh. our good buddy. Mr. 100 himself. Yeah. Carter Severa. Sorry, Bart. Yeah. He really, it's yeah. on us. Yeah. Our bad, 2-0. Well, we'll run suicides for you. Yeah. Next week we'll have the, the 21st episode, but we're going to close out on that. Shout out Carter Sabera, shout out Corey Grant, shout out Sawyer Pate, but Patrick Kahn too. and Pat Kahn. Thank you guys for staying up late with us. This was a fun episode. Basketball's officially over, and all eyes towards the spring. But once again, from Trey Atkins, Campbell Garber, Jack Vesey, Graham Copeland, Sleep Tight Tiger fans, and as always, War Eagle, play the outro. Love you guys. Love you guys. Thank you all for listening from us here at Barners Before Bed. We hope you join us next Wednesday at 10 p.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Sleep tight, Tiger fans. And as always, War Eagle.